You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Hashtag blessed. It's one of the most used hashtags on social media. But have you ever wondered, just what does it mean to be blessed? Maybe you've wondered how one goes about being blessed or living into the blessing. Thankfully, Psalm 1 gives us a God's eye view into what it is to be blessed and how to pursue a life of blessing. Join us this May at St. Luke Church as we pursue the blessed life together. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got that sunshine on my Sunday best. I continue to say, Mark, it's one of my favorites. Good job putting that one together. All right, uh, we'll call this the audience participation part of the program. Are you ready? Here we go. Two fingers out both ways. Say it with me. Hashtag blessed. There you go. All right. You know, it is fascinating what you will find on social media under the hashtag blessed. Here are some examples. Uh, Instagram is kind of my favorite place. It's a little happier place for those of you looking for a happier place in social media. Anyway, we'll leave that one for another day. But uh, hashtag blessed, I found this story. Cash, that's the dog, has uh, been glued to my side since day one. I rescued him when he was going, when I was going through some dark times. Better yet, he rescued me. And then the owner goes on about how the dog provides comfort and care, watches over my home, is ready for me when I get home. There is no love more unconditional than that of a dog. Happy birthday. You're a senior now, old boy. Say it with me. Hashtag. There we go. All right, next one I found. uh, This gal says, uh, still feeling the vibes from last night's concert. There will come a day when my body will fail me, but today is not that day. Happy Monday. Say it with me. Hashtag blessed. I love it. It gets a little uh, different at this point. Uh, So uh, this crew says, in remembrance of hammering ducks in God's country with my boy, then we have an obscure reference to 1 Corinthians 15.33, which may or may not be contextually correct. But nonetheless, we say, you got it. Then it gets a little different. Uh, ride or die. Do you all use this phrase? Clearly not. Okay, so uh, these are your people, like your best buddies, and you're going to go through everything in life together. They're your ride or die. So ride or die is uh, connected with luxury fashion, uh, wealth, hopping, motivation, success, uh, presumably expensive suits, watches, and high-performance cars. Hashtag blessed. Fascinating. And then, of course, my favorite one was this. A 12-ounce frankincense laundry scent booster, which will clearly help you smell like baby Jesus when you're done. And to this we tag it, fascinating. It's fascinating what we do with this word blessed, isn't it? For some of you, this is not the way to open a sermon. I guess, I guess you'll make it through today, I promise. But what I want to show you is kind of a caricature of society. And what we do with this word blessed is fascinating. Now, undoubtedly, you felt blessed at some point in your life. Maybe it was in an interaction in Scripture. God spoke to you in that moment. You went, yes, I needed that. That was the perfect word for this moment. Maybe it was God answered a prayer at some point in some way that you didn't expect. And you go, oh, man, that really was what I needed. Thank you, God. Or maybe it's in worship. 
I know uh, as the bell choir did How Firm a Foundation, that song has been so meaningful to me, not just during this year, but throughout a number of years in my life and ministry. Maybe you feel blessed when you're with your family. Maybe you feel blessed uh, because you met the love of your life. Maybe you feel blessed when you go out in God's creation and go, wow, you made all this. I know Friday uh, I had the pleasure, the privilege of three hours around a wonderful green pasture with 18 holes. <laughs> and it was me and Jesus, and I had the first tea time. Yeah, so we've all had these moments where we felt blessed, right? But what is it to be blessed? Maybe that's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Perhaps we could frame it up this way. What is it to be blessed by God? And then more specifically, how do we pursue that kind of life? Good idea? And thankfully, we've got a collection of writings known as the Psalms. And in many ways, the Psalms tell us how to go after this. Uh, Psalms is really divided into five books. How many people here are uh, tab type people? You know, you got tabs in your Bibles. Okay, good. We've, we've got a few of you. So I want you to think of the five books of the Psalms as being five tabs or five different collections within the larger section of the Bible called Psalms. There are 150 Psalms and you get all kinds of different types of literature in the Psalms. You get poetry and hymns and laments. How many know that before God, we can just kind of lament what's going on in life? And the psalmist captures this brilliantly at a number of different places. There are elements of worship and sacrifices and references to musical instruments for worship. And we start with Psalm 1. I want you to think of Psalm 1 as being like the preface or the introduction to the entire book of Psalms. And really what it does is it characterizes two kinds of lives. The life that's blessed and righteous, the life that's perishing and wicked. Sounds like good stuff for a Sunday. Are you ready? Let's dive in and let's read Psalm 1 together. It is six verses. And let's see what the Lord says to us today. Here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away." Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want to offer you something. When you're studying your Bible and you get a very clear contrast between two kinds of people, and that's kind of the main idea of what you're reading, lay it out in a chart. And it'll really help you see what is it that God is after here. And so I built you a little chart today. And you've got this on one side, the blessed, the way of the righteous that says, don't walk in the counsel of wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of scoffers, delight and meditate on God's law. Righteous, uh, blessed is fruit bearing. It doesn't wither. When times get dry, it keeps going. 
And finally, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Those who perish are the way of the wicked is different. You've got the wicked, the sinners, the scoffers who don't delight or meditate on God's law, not fruit-bearing. And the wind, when the winds of life come, when, when circumstances change, drives them away. They won't stand in judgment. Rather, they perish. And so from the very beginning of the psalm, if we were to look at the actions of the righteous and the actions of the wicked, they're connected either to blessing or to perishing. Here's the thing, though something that is absolutely foundational to the understanding of this connection between the righteous and its connection to blessing or the wicked and its connection to perishing. Here's the absolute foundation I don't want you to miss. Blessed, friends, is not the outcome. Blessed is the cause. Let me say this again. Blessed is not the outcome. Blessed is the cause. God is the source of blessing. God is the one who brings grace and enacts that blessing into your lives. And you're like, well, okay, we kind of get that. I think that's actually where we start to go wrong. And here's why. We tend to think that blessed is the outcome rather than the cause. Are you with me? So if I do these things, then blessed is the end result. Uh-uh. Blessed is the cause. The outcome is the righteous life. Do you see the difference? We tend to flip it around. Well, if I get blessed, well, then I do righteousness. If I don't, blessed is the cause. The righteous life is the outcome. And it's so counterintuitive to us because everything and the way that this world works is based on if I get the inputs right, then the outcome comes out the right way. So if I study hard, I get a good grade. If I practice hard, I'm going to win the game. If I work hard, then I'm going to get the promotion. Mm-mm. What the psalmist says is, you're blessed. That's the cause. The outcome is, you live it out. See the difference? So let's start to thicken the, devel- the, uh, the definition, I should say, for this word blessed. Notice what the very first word to the book of Psalms is. You think there's a message in that. And what the psalmist says in the first two verses, again, is blessed is the one, probably better way to understand it, because this is applicable to everybody. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What is it to be blessed? In the ancient world, if you're living in the ancient world, you would hear a saying that goes, happy is the one who hears the God's instruction for life. And so you're happy, you're upright, you're thankful, you're fortunate to have the God's instruction for your life. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not pertaining to the God of Israel. Like, what are you after here, Brian? Here's what I'm after. The Psalms, they develop this language. And in fact, it takes blessing and goes far beyond. It says there's really two kinds of blessing that we find in the Old Testament scripture. One concerns our state of being. We use the Hebrew word ashray for this. Say it with me, ashray. 
okay? And then the other one is, is really a state of action. It's the word barach. Say it with me. There you go. So you've got the state of blessing, and then you have this action behind blessing. And if we were to distill all of this, what we might say is this. A good working definition for blessed is that I'm happy and fortunate because of the abundance of God's grace in my life. Close? So when I think about the family that God has blessed me with, sometimes more than others, or when I think about walking out into God's creation and seeing the handiwork of God, or when I read the scriptures and God speaks into my life, when God answers a prayer, when I remember how fortunate and happy I am because of the grace that God has poured into my life, I go, wow, that's the cause. And because of that cause, there's a certain way that God has called me to live and function in this world. And the deal is, how often is it that we go pursuing blessings rather than the blesser. Are you with me? Yeah. We get it backwards sometimes. It's almost like if, if I do A, B, C, and D correctly, I should get the outcome. And so instead of pursuing the blesser, we just go pursuing the blessing. And yet what scriptures tell us is God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got plenty of blessing to go around. And he's already poured that into your life. More often than not, we think the only time I'm going to realize that I'm happy or fortunate is if the outcome goes my way. And let me help you with something, friends. You ain't ever going to be happy or fortunate that way if your life is rooted in outcomes because sometimes the outcome is what? We can't use that word on Sunday morning. But if you'll recognize that God is, is the cause of the blessings in your life, you find that you're happy and fortunate as you pursue the outcomes. Do you see the difference? You want to be happy every day, pursue the blesser, not the blessing. And remember, God is the cause of your blessing. The blessing's the cause, it's not the outcome. And here's the thing, friends, the beginning of this whole teaching today is conceptually easy. How many people know it's incredibly hard on a practical level? I mean, it's not conceptually hard for many of you who sat in a pew for a while to say, okay, I get it, I'm in relationship with the Father through Jesus, the Son, and the power of the Spirit, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how often do we stop to consider the cause or all the blessing in our lives? I mean, dinner prayer, maybe. God, thank you for the blessing of this food. Amen. But when have we really stopped to think about God's blessing? Why do we miss it? Well, more often than not, because we tend to think in terms of scarcity rather than abundance, don't we? There's not enough to go around. He's got more. She's got more. Why did they get that? Why didn't that come to me? And so more often than not, what we end up is wanting somebody else's blessing. The greatest biblical example of that was none other than the greatest king in Israel's history who happened to be an author of a number of the Psalms, King David. You want to see a guy who was blessed, read about King David. Wowzers. 
The dude was a shepherd. And you know, we glorify it like with kids and they put the stuff on the head and the little canes. That was not the greatest job in the world. You're out in the field and you ended up stinking like the sheep. So let's just be honest about it. And he's kind of the last picked of his brothers, but he's the one who's anointed king. Talk about a blessing. And then beyond that, he goes and faces Goliath. Should have gotten crushed. And then after that, he starts to fight the Philistines and he's a great military commander and he escapes the clutches of Saul so many times. It's ridiculous. He's blessed. Then he becomes the king and he's beloved, not just by God, but by the people. He's blessed over and over and over again, but he forgot the cause and the source of the blessing in his life. How do we know it? He went up to a roof. Guys, don't ever go on top of a roof late at night. And what did he do? He saw someone else's blessing and he took it. And he forgot the cause of the blessing in his life. And the rest of King David's life, I mean, it's good, but it kind of reads like a messy soap opera. Are we tracking? We tend to want somebody else's blessing because we forget God is the cause of ours. You won't be happy. You won't be fortunate wanting somebody else's blessing all the time. And so the beautiful thing is the psalmist gives us four rules to chase the outcome, the righteous life, because God is the cause or the source of your blessing. Notice what the passage says. Again, it starts with blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but is, is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he boom, day and night. So the first rule is this. Avoid wicked and harmful advice. You're like, I got up that this morning, really? But do you do it? Because there are things where you know, people will give us counsel and you go, well, maybe some of that sounds good. If I kind of manipulated that or turned that, maybe we could squeeze that in. What ends up happening? You pursue the wrong thing. So the psalmist makes it really clear, avoid wicked and harmful advice. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And it's very simple. If the counsel doesn't fit with scripture, you don't do it. You reject it. If the counsel would lead you further from God rather than to God, the source of your blessing, are you going to follow that counsel? No. Simple, simple rule. Why? Because when you start to do this, you lose the connection to the blesser and you forget about your blessing. The second rule we're given is this, avoid the, ride, the wide road of sin. Notice what the scripture says again. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. That's rule one. Second rule, nor stands in the way of sinners. Well, what, what are you after here? And Brian, by the way, have you not read the New Testament, which says that Jesus was a friend of all kinds of sinners? Absolutely he was, but he never sinned. Do we love everybody? You bet. Do we necessarily have to do what everybody else does? No, we don't. Why? Because you lose your connection to the blesser, and you start to forget about the blessing. 
In fact, Jesus made it really simple in the Beatitudes. He says, here's the deal. There's two kinds of roads in life. There's a wide one, and you can do it all, but it leads to destruction. Or there's a narrow one, and it's pretty tightly defined, but it leads to everlasting life. Choose the narrow road. Avoid the wide road. So rules one and two. Third rule is this. Avoid mean girls. <laughs> Y'all seen that movie? Holy smokes. Yeah, notice what the passage says again. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, rule one, nor stands in the way of sinners, rule two, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. What is a scoffer? If you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls, there's a new girl who moves to town and there's this group of girls called the Plastics, right? And it's uh, insecurity and, and wealth masquerading as, as power. And so they begin to twist this girl and manipulate this girl. And as you learned in a teaching series before, you start to change what you believe. It shapes how you behave and ultimately the person you become. And that's what happened in this girl's life. And so as you sit in the seat of scoffers, you start to be influenced not only by wicked counsel and the sin and everything else around you, you lose your connection to the blesser, you forget about the blessing, and all you hear is arrogant and harmful people who bring pain into your life. Notice what happens. Let's do this one more time. It says, blessed is the man who, that's rule one, not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That's, that's rule three, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now here's, here's what the psalmist doesn't want you to miss. You're meant to walk. In fact, the greats of the faith are said in the book of Genesis to walk with God. I mean, like that's the ultimate compliment. We're meant to walk. And you start to walk in the wrong counsel and then you end up standing. And as you take in advice that leads you down the wrong road, what ends up happening? You end up sitting and dwelling and living with hearing about everything that's wrong with this world, your life, and how you don't measure up. You got a friend like that? They need help. Maybe it's you, maybe it's not. But I'll guarantee you this, the council ain't helping you. And here's what starts to happen in your life. Your vocabulary becomes, I should have, I deserve, I got slighted by, I was dinked, and ultimately it becomes this. It's not fair. Let me help you with something, friends. If you're going to think that it's going to be fair, Good luck. And if you think that it being fair, that the outcome of it being fair is going to make you happy, you're never going to be happy. Nor will you recognize how fortunate you are.
Somebody else's fare just looks different than yours. It's got a tilt-a-whirl. Maybe yours just has the merry-go-round. Let's go with that. Thanks, Charles. I needed help there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just a different fare. Because you're chasing outcomes rather than the source of your blessing. Hear the word of God, brothers and sisters. Don't miss this. If that's you, if you find yourself filled all the time saying, it's not fair, I got dinked, so on and so forth, it's time to change the counsel that you're getting. It's time to change the way that you're living. It's time to change the friends that you're hanging with. And here's the reason why. You can't surround yourself with stink and expect to smell the roses. Are we tracking? Absolutely. And so God gives us three don'ts and then he gives us one great, big, beautiful, oh my goodness, it's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Do. And here it is. Meditate day and night on God's word. I love this picture of this little dude reading the Bible. That thing is worn out. And notice, notice what the scripture says. Blessed is the, is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Rule one, stands in the way of sinners. Rule two, sits in the seat of scoffers. Rule three, but his delight. delight. You know what it is to delight? It's to be the apple of your eye. It's to be the thing that you value and treasure most. Jesus said there was a pearl like that. And so you sell everything that you have and you run after it. His delight is in the law, the instruction, the precepts, the ways of God. And on that law, he meditates. Maybe you'd understand it, uh, maybe a little more deeply, uh, like babbles on it, ruminates on it. Let's see, I'm reading Psalm 1. Okay, I got this. God's the source of my blessing. What is, I mean, let me think about this blessing that's going on. And I'm going to think about the counsel of the wicked. Have I been getting any wicked counsel lately? I don't know about you. I got that. I don't, I mean, that's probably not good, so I need to let that go. And so I'm thinking about what are the wide roads that I'm pursuing. I got to think about those roads, and do I want to be on those roads? And what does the narrow road really look like? And then I've got to think about the counsel that I'm taking in from other people. Am I hanging out with the scoffers or not? That's what it is to meditate on the word of God. And the beautiful part is, the more you pursue the blesser, the more you recognize how happy and fortunate you are. And as you meditate and delight in the word of God, your happiness, how fortunate you are, your recognition of the blessing grows because you come to know the blesser all the more. You know, I gotta be honest with you. I get to May every year and I go, oh, I'm tired. Teachers, I love you. Right? So the other day, you know, I'm reading my scriptures and it's Mark 9, I've read Mark 9, okay, Mark 9, okay. And I start to get into this thing. I'm like, all right, you know. The disciples go off and they try to heal somebody. And I don't know about you, but I find there are seasons in my life where I am just like the disciples. Are you tracking with me? And I go, God, I know you want me to do this. And I'm supposed to, and I just feel like, gosh, I, everything, I'm, 
I'm trying so hard and yet I feel like I'm just striking out. Have you ever had that season in your life? And so the disciples, they go off to heal this kid and they fail. And daddy comes running to Jesus. How did that feel that day? So your disciples tried to heal him. Big fail. And what does Jesus say? Oh my gosh, you guys are killing me. This is the Brian Ebel translation now. And so he casts this demon out and the boy is healed and the crowds cheer and it's wonderful. And the disciples, they wait a minute because at this time they've been walking with Jesus for a while and they say, uh, boss, like, where do we get it wrong? He says, if you'll just have a little faith, you can say to that mountain, be thrown into the heart of the sea. And essentially with all things, God is possible. With all things with God are possible. And our, our human tendencies go, well, there is no possibility that a geological formation can be thrown into the heart of the sea. Really what he's after is a metaphor here. I mean, no. And I'm reminded of this, God can do all things. God can do anything, anywhere, anytime, with anyone in any way that he wants. And the beautiful part of the passage is, Brian Ebel, he didn't say, you with no faith. He said, you with little faith. So God's already blessed you with some faith. Keep going. Now to you, it doesn't sound like much, but to me, that's all I needed for the day. That was the blessing I got that day. And I guarantee you, if you follow those four simple rules and you open up the scriptures and you find delight and you meditate there, you'll recognize how happy and fortunate it is to be living a life in and by the grace of God. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. So good to us, so good for us. And God, we just recognize today, sometimes we miss the blessing because we're concerned about somebody else's blessing. And so we pray that you'd forgive us for that today. And we recognize that according to two wonderfully beautiful big verses in the book of Psalms chapter one. You're the source. You're the cause of the blessing in our lives. And so God, forgive us for trying to steal somebody else's blessing and more thank you that you're the source of our blessing. And as we go throughout this week, help us to find delight and to meditate on your word. Bring to mind those blessings that you've given to each one of us as your beloved sons and daughters. Help us find real happiness in the journey, not just the outcome. We pray this in and through the mighty name of Jesus and the people of God said, amen. Let's stand and sing together.